you're going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy certain point if you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status we i mean i'm not even i'm not even saying eat meat but at least put some cereal in the milk come on <laughs> you that's like taking 666 the mark of the beast and redefining it like biggie tried to do and saying no it means this or that no, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. God wants our hearts what? Pure. Matthew 5 and 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. The man with a pure heart is blessed. And he's going to see God. If you have a pure heart. This does not mean we are perfect. But it means our motives are what? Pure. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah, we're going to have issues, all of this kind of stuff. You know, we're going to go through some things, whatever. But this doesn't take away from your purification as far as God is concerned. In other words, there's no compromise in us. So when there's no compromise in you, then God is going to be there for you. Okay? You can have no compromise, work yourself through some issues. We're all working to be better. And when you say sin and issues, folks automatically think you're struggling with uh, adultery or they, I'm not even talking about that kind of stuff I'm just talking about you and how you were raised and what your mama did and daddy didn't do and you know you get mad and hate folks and you get bitter and you know and, and we don't equate those sins the same as sexual sins because the Bible doesn't do that the Bible lets us know that sexual sins are sins against our own body they're different they have totally different consequences Amen. So anybody telling you being gay is the same as like T.D. Jake say being gay is the same as getting mad at a bank teller. No. When I leave that bank teller. Oh no. Don't let me get graphic in here. But I can say I'm sorry and be done with that teller. Amen. Look at somebody say it's not the same. In other words, there is no compromise in us. When we have a pure heart, what? We have no hidden agenda. When we have a pure heart, we have no hidden agenda. God is into exposing hidden agendas. He loves doing that here at ABC. So, you know, we, 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 we're into... Figuring out who's has, who has a hidden agenda. And most of you in here have a pure heart. You're here because you want to get the word. You're here because you want to be a part of a drama-free environment and worship the Lord. Amen? Yes. But there are some that come here with a hidden agenda. They want to be a part of something they feel is going to get them somewhere. Right. Wrong church. Look at somebody say wrong church. Right. You ain't selling Amway in here. <laughs> wrong church. You just got the wrong one. And we do that from time to time. We just we fall off in the wrong room. You're in the wrong room. There's plenty of churches around here 
that, that'll welcome that. But we don't have hidden agendas in here, so we ask God about it, and he shows us. This is perfection to God. So when, you're, when you have no hidden agenda, you're perfect in God's eyesight. Amen. We all know the Bible called Noah perfect in his generations, but we know Noah had a drinking problem. Amen? So he had an issue. But, but hey, God used him to start civilization all over again. Because he had no hidden agenda. Noah wasn't trying to use the ark to make some money. You know what I'm saying? When he got off, he didn't sell pieces of it. Y'all, there's only one ark. There's only one of these. I put these pieces on eBay. There's only one of them. We started civilization, you know, trying to sell the first animal. After the animals multiplied. Now, this giraffe came from the old earth. He's worth money. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, all, y'all can already picture some preachers if God had used them to start civilization all over again. Could you imagine that? They've been auctioning animals off. Pieces of the ark around his neck. This will make a good medallion. Have the ark steering wheel. <laughs> you already know. Their motives weren't pure. God knew. Noah don't want to have. Noah didn't want to have nothing to do with that ark when it was over. He got out that ark when he got drunk. He's like, ain't nobody here. Oh my goodness. I can't handle this because I need some gin. You can't even blame Noah. You know, God couldn't even get mad at him. God's like, I understand Noah. I mean, Noah looking around, ain't nothing here. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was you? <laughs> Where is everybody? You mean we got to build everything? <laughs> Pass me that MD, please. <laughs> no MD. Citrus. <laughs> but when we have a pure heart, we have a hidden agenda. I mean, I mean, we have no hidden agenda. This is perfection. So this is what God means by perfect. He can trust your heart. Look at somebody and say, he can trust my heart. Yeah, he can trust your heart. That's why we talk about creation roles, because your creation roles stop the issues that get in your children that cause them to not be trusted by God. Because whenever they're trying to forth their own agenda to make up for what they were lacking growing up, because you were somewhere trying to find your season and harvest, while you should have been paying attention to them, then God can't trust them. God comes to them wanting to do something, but then they're trying to take what God wants and use it for their own benefit. Though we may make mistakes, errors, and bad judgment calls. Anybody ever made a mistake? How many of you have just errored? How many of you ever made a bad judgment call? You just have to go to somebody and say, man, I just blew it. I'm sorry. Anybody have to do that? I have. Amen. I had to do it with some of y'all in here. When our motives are pure, grace and mercy covers us. Grace and mercy. God has grace and mercy. But you can't just use grace and mercy if you're out just doing the food. Grace and mercy don't cover you then. You're going to be a victim of your decision. Look, somebody say consequence. You're going to have to deal with the consequences. Okay? But grace and mercy will cover you when your motives are pure. So you didn't really mean to do it, but you did it. Grace and mercy comes in, covers it for you. Fixes it, makes it right. All things work together for the good of them who what? And what? 
if I, if I break that down into your English, it's basically saying all things are going to turn out good for those who love God and are doing what he says. So as long as you're trying your best to do what he says, it'll work out. It'll work out. Sometimes there are some bumps and bruises that God needs you to experience so you can get to the next place. Amen? Sometimes God has to do some things, work some things out in you. Sometimes he has to just flat sit you down. Amen? So he can work it out of you. A lot of times he can't work it out of you if you're busy. So the best thing to do when you sit down, don't get mad because you have to sit down. Say, oh, well, let, let's get this worked out so I don't have to sit down again. That's right. God knows when we really love him and desire to do his will versus our own. So God knows. Look at somebody say, God knows you. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But they have perverted this scripture, haven't they? They try to use this scripture so you can go boldly before God to get a Mercedes. I'm going to come boldly before him. And God, I need a house. I need a house. I'm tired of living in an apartment. Well, I mean, is there room in your apartment? Yes. Then, then what's the problem? Who doesn't want a house? Who don't want a million dollars? Anybody here don't want a million dollars? That don't mean you need it right now. How many of you could manage a million dollars? You can't manage tens of dollars. <laughs> We cannot allow ourselves to get in positions to compromise our faith and accept what is unacceptable. If we truly love God, then we must keep our hearts pure towards him. James said, draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Then what does he say? Cleanse your hands, sinners. He's talking to the church. And purify your hearts. Double-minded. He just told you he's talking to. Because a sinner in the world isn't double-minded. He's just what he is. He's talking to church folks. Because half of you is in and the other half is out. You're double-minded. Then he went on and said, if you're double-minded, don't ask God for anything. You're not getting anything from God. So don't put yourself in position to compromise. Compromise, that's double. That's double-minded. Revelations 3 and 14 gives us the story of Laodicea. Jesus is talking here and he's judging these churches, the seven churches in Asia. And God put this in here strategically because every one of these churches pretty much represents everything that's going on in the body of Christ, even now. Uh, Especially this one. 3 and 14 he says, And unto the angel, which is the pastor of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. In other words, it'd be good if you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee, spit you, vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothings and knowest not, you don't even know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is Jesus talking. So you think you have it together. Went, got a little degree, got a nice little job, making a little cash. You're still wretched. 
Laodicea was centrally located only six miles south of Hierapolis and 11 miles west of Colossae. Hierapolis to the north was well known for its many hot springs which provided hot water, hot springs and hot water, and Colossae to the east for its fresh springs which provided what? Cold water. water. Because Laodicea lacked a natural water supply of its own, it was dependent on its neighbors for this vital resource. Therefore, it drew water from both. Some historians tell us that they, they even created pipes where they could pipe this water all these many, many miles. Some say that it had to be carried, you know, either way. Either way, you carry water, you pipe it over a long distance without a purification system. By the time that water reaches its source, especially back then, water's going to be nasty. As well as from other surrounding sources. By the time the water reached Laodicea, it was lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Various diseases and contaminants existed in their water because of the long journey the water had to make to their land. So the hot spring, it wasn't hot anymore. The cold refreshing, it wasn't even cold anymore. After it traveled that distance, it became lukewarm. Hot water at the time was good for purification and medicinal purposes. This is what they used it for. Cold water was refreshing to drink, of course, but lukewarm water was considered nauseous and undrinkable or unusable. Jesus was comparing the climate of the church at Laodicea to an unpurposeful or unpure water supply. This people had prosperity in the natural, but their motives, look at somebody say motives. Their intentions, their motives were not pure. So these are the people that had the fire of the Holy Ghost for themselves. Power of God, let's manifest it for ourselves. They couldn't go home and be good husbands and wives. They couldn't go out in society and change anyone because people saw them the way they operated and it wasn't reflective of who God was. They had prosperity. First Timothy says perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. That's what these people were. Destitute of the truth supposing and when it says destitute of the truth it's talking about the lie of supposing that gain is godliness. So they were destitute of the truth because they thought because they had things, it was God. People that do that, get away from them. But godliness with contentment is what's great gain. That means if you are content, what you have financially don't show how saved you are. There's some folks struggling to pay their rent every month and could lay hands on you and make you grow hair if you're bald-headed. I know some old mothers that was, I mean, barely eating, barely making it. The grandchildren, all on them, taking everything from them. And they're the ones prophesied EX Ministries to me. Poor and broke, didn't have anything. So don't think that it takes things to have God. Godliness with contentment. That means be content. Look at somebody say, be content. Amen. Thank God for what you have. Remember when you didn't have that? Amen. Remember that? Remember when you was broke? You didn't know where your next meal was coming from? So you was in the cupboard making stuff without the required ingredients? Brother Greg know I'm coming to him because we used to make the hamburger helper just a helper. You ain't ever made a mayonnaise, mayonnaise and sugar sandwich? You didn't even have no heat to make it toast. 
You set it outside? Y'all ain't never been that broke. Y'all don't know. Post toasters with water? You don't know nothing about that. Bag of cereal. King vitamin. Don't nobody know about King vitamin. Don't nobody know. You know about King vitamin? Don't nobody. Y'all, y'all, y'all had Captain Crunch. We didn't have no Captain Crunch. That's too sweet. You have to pay for that sugar. King vitamin was Captain Crunch without the sugar. Remember that? And it was in a bag. They tried to put it in a box, but it started costing too much. So it's like, we're going to have to just sell the bag inside the box. Hey, Amen. My dad would come home with eye treats for the week, which was, you know, hostess, honey buns, and cinnamon rolls and all that. But they'd always have a black slash on them. It's like, Daddy, what's the big black mark? Oh, that just, mean, that just means it's delicious. <laughs> so so just, just put a bit of black slash on it. It means it's delicious. Remember the black slash, Tanya? You know what that meant? That meant it, was, it had sat for a couple of days. Yeah, that means that they had made a new batch. So we're going to discount. These folks are blessed. They don't even understand. Bread in the freezer. They don't know nothing about that. You ain't eating the bread fast enough. Freeze it! Because God forbid mold grow on it because you're going to scrape the mold off. I don't know about scraping off mold. You toast it first. When you toast it, that, that mold just flow. Just sporic. And antibiotics. That's all it is, is antibiotics. You growing your own cultures, boy. You can heal a bunch of stuff in your house. <laughs> Y'all don't understand how blessed you are. Rode up in here in air condition. Fan in the window. Y'all don't know about that. So much dust around that fan. You sneezing now because of that fan when you was little. Didn't even have no vent around the fan. You get too close, you're dead. Just a big turbine blade. Just and little kids just walking around it. But they do. Don't you get next to that. You know, they used it so much to the little vent thing, it just fell off. It was so dusty. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Look at these folk in here. These young folks now, look at y'all. Just look at y'all. When we were young, we, I'd be old Aaron's house and mama would come home and smell just the strangest stuff cooking. Because I'd cook anything. And they didn't have microwaves back then. I would thaw the meat out while I was cooking it. What you talking about? Thaw it out? I'm too hungry to thaw it out. Let this heat thaw it out. Take, push the pan away and just set it right on the flame. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about that? Jab a fork in it, you just roasting it like it's on open fire. Like I'm in, it's campfire. Just turning it. No, shoot. Got no time to do <laughs> Lord, y'all don't know. Look at somebody and say, be content. And if you're not content and you're fussing about where you live and I need a house and I need a car, and I just, you know what I'm saying? If it's the husband doing it, if it's the wife doing it, let the other party look at him and say, look at where we are. And look at where some folks are. Look at somebody and say, content. Lukewarm represents compromise. Doesn't mean that hot is good and cold is bad. 
So just flush that out of your Pentecostal mindset. That's what you were taught. I'd rather have you hot or cold. That means God would rather have you a sinner, cold, than lukewarm. That's a lie. Flush it. Why would he rather have you a sinner than lukewarm? Oh, that ain't what he's talking about. He'd rather have you hot or cold because there's good uses for hot and there's good uses for cold. But there was no good use for lukewarm. God rather have you hot or cold. He'd rather have you a sinner than in between. God would never rather have you a sinner. He hates sin. Thou art neither hot or cold. He said, but I would that you were hot or cold. He said, I'd rather, I, I want you like that, hot and cold. In other words, I want you good for something. Whether you're a hot geyser that, that, that we can use this for medicinal purposes or whether you're a cold, refreshing glass of water. I need you one of those. Both of those are useful. The mixture of hot and cold was the problem. So it doesn't mean that good, uh, hot is good and cold is bad. Both were used for good in the surrounding cities. The mixture of hot and cold was the problem. The mixture denotes compromise between the two and the lukewarm temperature when the two were mixed made the water good for nothing. This is what we become when we mix the world and are not a pure stream. We must allow the power of God to purify. Look at somebody say purify. Purify us daily so we can be a constant. Look at somebody say constant. Flow for him and not our flesh. A constant flow. That means nothing is stopping you up. You're a constant flow. When God needs his word to go forth, he can call you. But Jerome, I got a word for you, and I need you to tell some folks. You know, I have people tell me all the time, you know, the, brother, I wanna, how do I join EX Ministries? How do I get with you and get with what you're doing over there? Why do you got to get with me and get with what I'm doing? Right. Right. Just, just email all them old uh, creatures you got on Facebook. <laughs> Minister to them. Talk to the people on your job. Talk to your family at the family reunion and get out the soul train line. You in there just prepping harder than anybody. <laughs> That's why they don't listen to you. <laughs> How do we purify ourselves? Remove the idols. That's the first thing we have to do. Look at somebody say, remove the idols. So we got to purify ourselves by first removing the idols. Nothing's going to happen if you don't remove the idols. So Brother Will's message was all about the truth behind the black church. You got to remove these idols. You, you're not going to get revival. You're not going to get the hand of God. You're not going to get God moving. You're not going to get good families. You're not going to even have good families with folks taking oaths to these idols. 10 through 14 of 1 Corinthians says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, means I really love you, so get rid of the idols. Flee from idolatry. Get rid of the idols. God will not share your life with another God. He will not allow another God before him. So if you have another God, guess where God is? Nowhere. That's why your prayers fall flat to the ground. Before you can get them out, they're gone. God ain't trying to hear you because there's another God that's listening to that. Because you pledge, you've stood before, you've made oaths to. And you have things in your life that are higher than God. That's why he calls himself most high because he has to be the highest. 
We must be true to the true God of all times. Any other God means that you don't have the true God. Second thing we have to do to purify ourselves. Look, somebody say, remove the world. First John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father. And then he goes on to say, all that is in the world. He's going to tell you what the world is. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life are to be avoided if we want to walk purely. So, when he says, love not the world, he's telling you, don't have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. What is the lust of the flesh? The lust of the flesh is sexual sin, desiring strange flesh. What is the lust of the eye? That's always wanting more than what you have. Always wanting something. No contentment. Backing yourself into corners to where you have to compromise to get stuff. Or you hurt yourself. And then the pride of life, of course, is worried about what people think of you. So you have to prove yourself to others. These are all to be avoided if we want to walk purely. We cannot seek to be affirmed by the world, adhere to the world's standards, or forward the world's agenda and keep a pure heart. Third thing we have to do for purification, remove ill intent. Watch this. James 4 and 3. Ye ask, but you receive not. Because you're asking for the wrong reason. That you may consume it upon your lust. You're worried about what people are going to say. You're worried about what people are thinking. You're trying to prove stuff to other people. That's why God is not giving it to you. To receive from God, you must have the right intentions. We cannot use God for an occasion to seem more than we are. We must keep our intentions in line with God's will and purpose for us. Or we will contaminate the work we are doing for him. Selfish motives contaminates the work. Number four. Remove our will. Look at somebody say remove your will. For if we live after the flesh, we're going to die. But if through the spirit we control the flesh or the deeds of the body, we can live. How can we even consider ourselves pure unless we are following after the plan God has for us? Somebody that's outside of God's plan can't be purified there. His way has to be the only way. And finally, number five, we have to remove compromise. Hebrews 3 and 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has an evil, unbelieving heart that forsakes the living God. We have to remove all compromise. Compromise, the definition of it, it means to weaken a reputation or principle by accepting standards that are lower than is desirable. Compromising for any reason is unacceptable to God. You want to make God angry? Compromise. Try to take what is sacred and what is profane and try to mix them together and you will upset God. You know why? Because that takes God's identity away. So whenever God introduced himself to somebody, he in- introduced himself to someone through his identity. Who are you? I, I just am. I am that I am. Who is that? I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. I was here before there ever was so I just am but when you take that and mix that with a false God or a false way or a false system then you take that exclusivity away from God that's why it upsets him that's why he said why are you whoring after other gods remember who I am I am so compromise takes God's identity 
Compromise for any reason is unacceptable to God. When we try to add to or take away from what God stands for, we weaken our stand for him. We cannot accept, expect to receive anything from him if we cannot stand up for him no matter what. Yes. Summary. The Laodicean church was compared to a lukewarm stream that was good for nothing because it had cooled down from its effective temperatures. This is what we have become as a people. The fire for Christ we once had is a mere pilot light. Yeah, this is what we've become. The passion for the things of God is fast becoming the passion for things we've always wanted. Used to have a passion for God, now we have a passion for things. We must purify our motives and point our desires back to God. We must get back to being useful to God and not seeking to fulfill our flesh. If we desire to please God, we must give him a pure stream to flow through. Hebrews 10 and 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with what? Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful. That is promised. So we have to purify our walk every day. We have to purify our minds. We have to purify. We have to go through this purification process and make sure none of these things are in our way so that we can have a pure stream that God can operate through. Amen? Selfish intent. Selfish motives. Just wanting to be something. Somebody. Worried about this. Worried about that. All that stuff has to go. And we have to keep a pure stream so we can be effective in this last day. Amen? You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.